Nelson in looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Five Stripe Final, the only highly distributed audio discussion discussing all things Atlanta United. I'm Jay Sam Jones from Dirty South Soccer. Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer is not with us tonight. Unfortunately, he's doing whatever Joe Patrick's do when they're let out in the wild on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, for that reason, I may be a little bit all over the place today. I'm kind of running a few different things as we try to work through the show, but we'll do our best to go ahead and give you the best uh, content, I guess, if you could say, uh, regarding this 1-1 draw against Portland tonight. Uh, again, flying solo tonight, so stay with me a little bit. We'll try to hit as much as we can. But this one, another kind of disappointing result here tonight, guys. Not quite sure what it is about playing at home lately, but it has not been uh, exactly what we've wanted. What we've wanted. It's not been home sweet home at all for Atlanta United at this point. Uh, things started really well, again, and it seems to be a theme here at home. Things always kind of seem to start really positively. Possession was probably like 85-15 at the beginning of this one, through about 20 minutes. Portland started to get a few opportunities on the break, and then that just kind of set the tone for the rest of the night. That was the thing. That was the thing, was Portland getting these opportunities on the break and Atlanta failing to convert their many, many chances. Now, Portland does score to go up 1-0. That was in the 32nd minute. It happened after a foul from Franco Escobar. Gave them a free kick uh, probably about 30 yards out on the wing. They swing it in. Armenteros gets to it first, and the deflection comes right back to Luis Maviala, who heads it right back in. There was maybe a thought that he may have been offside. LGP had his hand up. A few other folks had their hands up trying to see if they could get something to happen. Uh, referee said no, VAR said no. We move on, one nothing Portland. And it stayed that way until the 56th minute when Julian Gressel steps up and finally sends the ball in the back of the net. Chance after chance, chance for Atlanta United. This one comes in, it bounces around the box for a little bit. Uh, one shot goes in, saved, and it comes right back out to Julian, who sends it home to make it 1-1. And that was all we had. That was all we had was the 1-1 final there. One of those games where, just again, Atlanta just couldn't seem to find a break. Shot for shot going in. Couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done. And you can chalk it up to bad luck. You can chalk it up to finishing. It's probably a combination of all of those things. And it's something that's extremely, extremely frustrating to watch right now. But that doesn't mean it's not a, a terrible thing. The chances are there. The chances are there, which is something we've preached a lot on the show. It's something you guys definitely don't want to hear because you want to, you want to have – a reason for it besides, oh, we're just getting a little unlucky right now. We're getting a little unlucky right now. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. There's no quick fix. There's no big thing we can do, especially when teams like Portland are going to come in here and they're going to bunker like they did tonight. Tata said that it reminded him a lot of the Montreal game where Montreal sat back the entire time. Of course, in that one, we were able to break through a little more. Obviously, the talent disparity between Portland and Montreal, very much different unless you're Orlando City. Now, that's frustrating. Again, it's, it's one of those things, guys. It's one of those things that's hard to really kind of reckon with, but it's something that the players want you to be patient with, that Tata wants you to be patient with, and something that I, your, your humble blogger and HDATter, Sam Jones, would really like you guys to be patient with. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It is frustrating, though, to see these results 
come at home. In the last five games, Atlanta United, just the one win at home. Uh, of course, you, we're not counting the win over in Kennesaw. Uh, we throw in the U.S. Open Cup. It's an even worse kind of record over the last few games. And then that, one, that one win came against Philadelphia, who's certainly not the best team we played. That's just it. We're playing very good teams. We're playing good teams. We're, we played both New York. We played Sporting Kansas City. We've been playing quality teams that have come in here. And for better or worse, have somewhat figured out how to play us. And all you have to figure out a way to correct that somehow going forward. But things are going to get a lot easier. The schedule lightens up a lot. We're in the roughest part of this entire schedule right now. Uh, this five-game stretch starting back with the New York City game, by far the toughest. It's only going to get easier from there. And hopefully we'll be able to start grabbing a lot more points at home. You guys had a lot of questions about this one, a lot of questions about this one. Since Joe's not here, I'm just going to roll through as many as I can, try to give you guys the best kind of information, try to give you a little insight as well to what the guys were saying in the locker room after the game. Uh, I did want to point out that I'm worried about Joseph, who was on his phone on Twitter the entire time. You guys better be saying nice things about Joseph, because if you hurt that poor boy, I will find you. I will, I will do mean things. I will do mean things. Much meaner than a mean tweet. Uh, don't give Joseph a head, guys. Come on. Come on. Our first question tonight, speaking of Joseph, comes from Robert Adams at RFAIII on Twitter. It says, I will defend Joseph till we die together in a fiery barrage of Alpharetta Dad's hot takes. Well done. But he definitely played like someone who had a broken face. And that's just it. That's just it. You know, there will be some people who are very Alpharetta Daddy who will bash Joseph tonight for some of the chances that he missed. True, he missed some decent chances, of course. Uh, but he was playing with quite literally a broken face and a broken finger that he's recovering from. He wasn't wearing the cast for that broken finger tonight because he said he only does one, one cast at a time. So that's why he saw the mask there for a little bit before he said, F it, mask off, and, and threw the dang thing. Uh, probably about the 60th minute, uh, but even still couldn't quite find the net tonight. Uh, a couple missed opportunities for him, but again, broken face. He's, he's playing through a lot right now, and he's still putting out goals at just a tremendous, tremendous rate. Go easy on my boy Joseph, as always. As always. Second question comes from at the real jabroni, at not Tony jabroni on Twitter who asked, will the tonight's post-game show not have any technical problems? Um, who the hell do you think you are, Tony? Uh, of course there will be technical problems. How dare you? How dare you? What kind of show do you think we are? Uh, this next one, a whole bunch of stuff coming from Jacob Inman, who always asks really good questions. We appreciate Jacob coming in and putting his input into five-strike final as much as he can. Uh, he says, Tito needs to be back in the starting lineup. Gressel scores the goal, yes, but ATL were one-dimensional in the first half down the left side. Tito offers another dimension to the team on the right, which could be seen after he was subbed in. I think a couple of you guys kind of hit on this. Tito did come off the bench, and he did go 90 minutes on Wednesday, which I think may have been part of the reasoning for that. But it is interesting to see Tata decide, especially at home, especially against a team that we knew was going to bunker like Portland that doesn't really like to have a whole lot of the ball. They came into this with about 47% possession on the year. Uh, is an interesting decision to see Gressel come in. And it seems kind of like when teams do bunker against us, there's really only one option. There's one option, and it seems to be playing in these crosses. We played in 28 crosses from open play tonight compared to just four for Portland. 28. That is a lot. There were even more with everything else all considered dead balls, everything like that. ton of crosses coming in time after time. 
And that's what Tata wants. That's that's the idea. That's the idea to break down these bunkering teams for not being able to get in behind, which we very much weren't, um, especially in the latter stages of the game. Then we're going to play in crosses and try to get as many people in the box as possible. He said that improved in the second half. He said they really tried to switch it up in the second half and get more people forward and as many people in the box to make things as cluttered as possible. And when that happened, we eventually got the goal. We couldn't find that second goal, of course, but we did get the goal off just the cluster in front of the goal uh, that Julian eventually put in. So that, that's the thought process, I think, was having Julian there to play in those crosses, to, to you know, make those, those those balls in that he seems to excel at and create havoc in the box against this Portland team who did a phenomenal job all night of holding us off and holding us from creating those really, really solid chances. There were a few times at the beginning of the game that was really encouraging to see where Atlanta was getting to the byline, getting to the end line, and making these kind of back passes, which is what we always love to see at Mercedes-Benz Stadium when we're using the width and getting to the end line and playing those pullbacks back into the box. That's when we really seem to be at our best. That's when we know we're clicking. Team to figure that out a little bit. That's why you see so many teams retreat so much because we have the talent to do uh, that kind of thing going forward. Uh, and that's why we see so much, you know, clutter in the box. And all you can really do is, is throw crosses at it, uh, at least according to that side. And I'm going to take his word for it, for sure. So that may have been the thought process on, on Julian. Now, I, I think I kind of agree that Tito has been very, very explosive. And it's good to see him when he's in. And I think eventually our final form is Tito in the 4-3-3, the 4-3-1, whatever you want to call it. Tito on the right. I think he just offers so much more going forward. As the lights go out on me here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Thanks, guys, for keeping the lights on. It's only a billion-dollar stadium. It's cool. It's whatever. Great. Awesome. But, yeah, no. We'll see if that thought process continues to be the same going forward with Tito coming off the bench as a super sub. You understand that with a team that's going to be tired by around the 65th, 70th minute throwing on, one of the fastest players in the league who loves to make runs in behind, who loves to charge at teams, is going to be a big impact. And you saw that a few times. Tito was just firing off shots. Uh, Jared from 92.9 was saying that uh, he, was, he was J.R. Smithing it. It was a heat check, essentially. Came in, just started blasting stuff towards goal. and almost paid off a couple of times. There were a few times where the ball almost trickled away from Atanella. And there was one time where he hit the crossbar. Could have been two really huge opportunities there. Just didn't quite pan out. So everything seemed to be according to plan for the most part of the night. Just couldn't get that end result. Uh, moving on to our next question. Uh, this one comes from G-O-W-W at G-O-W-W 17 on Twitter. Uh, best of both coasts, question mark, 1-1 one, one sounds good on the side, but all the shots, wow, how do they not go in? Uh, which brings us to another question from Dane Venable at I am the Dane 2 who says, God hates us. Discuss. There you go. That's it. That's it. It's God's fault. Whatever y'all have done to piss her off, thanks. Great. Good work. Now we're not scoring. It's cool. Great, guys. Way to go. Uh, pay your penance. Do whatever you can. Figure that out. Something's got to give eventually. Eventually. But look, look, they continue to say it in every press conference. We continue to ask the same questions. Why is the ball not going in? And you can't really point to anything. You can't really point to anything. Julian did mention maybe looking for the final ball a little more, staying concentrated in the box. It's hard to really say there's been a lack of concentration in the 18-yard box. And point to that as the root cause 
for us struggling to get the ball in. But nothing else really you can say except at some point the ball is going to start going in, guys. It's going to happen. And when it does, we're going to be a juggernaut. You just got to be patient. You just got to be patient. Um, next question comes from at Stafford underscore Eli on Twitter. Uh, he says, our results seem to be better on the road this season. Is it something we should be concerned about or just a kink in the system that will work out? Now, our road record this year, five wins, two draws, one loss. That is on a historic pace. Uh, Seattle from a few years ago holds the record for away wins. Uh, 33 points on the season on the road for that Seattle team. Uh, we are very much on pace to break that. That would be a new record. Uh, for MLS on the road. At home, we are not on that pace. It's about the same level, but it's definitely not on historic clip like we saw last year with Toronto, who only lost one game at home. Uh, five wins, two draws, two losses for us at home. And when you say it all out like that, it really doesn't sound that bad. It really doesn't sound that bad. Uh, we've been playing very well um, across the board. It's not a stellar home record by any means. I wouldn't put it up. Uh, against, you know, of course, like that Toronto team or some of the best home teams in MLS history, but it, it is a good home record, and it's only going to improve again. The, the schedule becomes easier and easier as we move along toward the end of the year, and it's going it, that record will improve, I think. I'm not sure if we should be freaking out, but it is interesting right now to see us struggling at home, and I'm not sure if it really has to do with the players, with our players especially, I think it has a lot more to do with teams recognizing that we have a lot of talent, we have a lot of width, we have a lot of space out here on Mercedes-Benz Stadium Field, and the only option is to bunker, to sit back. And that's going to be tough to watch for a while, and it's going to be tough to watch always because teams are going to keep doing the same old, same old thing, and, and a lot of the times you're going to see difficult results like we saw tonight against us, and we're just going to have to get used to that, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it could be frustrating across the board. Um, but eventually it'll work out. It'll work out. I don't think we're playing poorly at home necessarily. I just think the results haven't quite caught on way. I think it'll improve. I think it'll improve. I don't, I'm not an optimistic person either, so you should know how much that means coming from me. Uh, this one comes from at James Jones underscore 55. He says, will an Atlanta-Portland game ever be anything other than 1-1? Uh, signs say no at this point. Uh, looks like that's all we're going to get out of this uh, East Coast-West Coast rivalry, uh, if you could call it that. Uh, it was really great tonight, by the way. I do want to shout out the Portland fans who traveled extremely, extremely well. That was a long trip over here to Atlanta. They filled up that away section, uh, which is the first time we've really seen that. Very, very impressive. They were fun. They had rainbow flags with them the entire time, which is great to see on UD tonight here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They were phenomenal. Uh, shout out to the Portland fans who were very, very good. Good fan base, quality fan base. Had fun interacting with them for sure. Um... Any other things here from you guys? I did see someone say that Yamil Assad was the answer to all our problems. He was in the building tonight. Um, Yamil, buddy, if you're listening, which we know you are, and you want to come home, come home. Come home immediately. We will take you with open arms. No, just, just come home, Yamil. Just come home. Please? Please? Moving on to some final thoughts here on Five Strike Final as I power through this without Joe. Uh, I miss him a lot. I miss Joe almost as much as I miss Emil. Please come home, buddy. He seemed really in good spirits too, by the way. We saw him walking out of the tunnel. 
uh, after the game. I think he was just happy to be kind of enjoying a week off as DC United takes a break and uh, able to hang out with the friends. Uh, he made down here. Uh, we saw him take a few pictures with Joseph and everything like that. It was good to see. Um, final thoughts here. Uh, again, do you want to stress that the home record is is concerning? It is. It, it's frustrating to see the last few results. Again, one win in the last five. That was against Philadelphia, who was trash. Um, what do you do about that? I don't know. I think you just wait out a tough stretch. I think you just wait out a tough stretch. I think we're going to be fine at home. Uh, bunker life, it sucks, but it just shows our talent. It just shows how good this team actually is to force teams to sometimes go against the grain, sometimes do what they don't want to do and stay back a lot more than they're used to. Uh, Portland is a counter-attacking team, but they're not necessarily a team that's going to bunker and concede that much possession tonight. At one point, I think at halftime, it was like 77% to 23% or something like that. It was insane how much we were allowed to have the ball, essentially. And of course, they did it to us on the break. Uh, that changed even more so in the second half when Atlanta sent even more guys forward. Tata said that he wanted seven people forward. At that point, all you've got is a back three of Parky, LGP, and Jeff defending, um, which they did a phenomenal job. They did a phenomenal job. Sure, they were backtracking the whole heck of a lot, and there were a few chances that came out of it, but it's just going to happen when you have to get that many people forward to start creating chances. Uh, it's better than being negative the entire time and sitting back and playing to a nil-nil draw, essentially. Um, yeah, that kind of wraps up the final thoughts. Uh, doing to move on to our Reynolds man of the night. This is a person you may not have noticed who is still very, very good tonight. Uh, my Lorenowitz man of the night is the one and only Joseph Martinez. Joseph was really good, I thought. Joseph did well uh, for playing with a broken face. Do we comprehend that? I mean, most of you, I, I feel like most of y'all like would stub your toe and then be out for three weeks. Dude was playing with a broken face. Broken face. And still kept doing it. Um, eventually just eschewed any kind of guard that he could have had on said face. He's also got a broken finger, like we mentioned before. Uh, dude just cares more than you. He just cares more than you. And you gotta respect it. Joseph Martinez, my Lerona's man of the night. Joseph, get off Twitter. Uh, moving on to our final segment of the night. Our quote of the night comes from Leandro Gonzalez Perez. He says, we know Yamil is here and he's a good friend of ours, but if we're going to lose or draw, he's not allowed to come anymore. There you go. Heard from LGP email. You can come play for us, but you can't just sit in the stands and watch us lose. Fair? Fair. All right, folks, that'll wrap it up for five strike final condensed version. This time without Joe, Joe Patrick, not Joseph Martinez, uh, with us in the booth. That'll do it. Follow us on Twitter at five strike final. Follow Dirty South Soccer at Dirty South Soccer on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at J underscore Sam Jones. You can follow Joe Patrick at J Patrick 200 on the Twitter. Uh, you guys can go to iTunes and rate us five stars if you feel like. We don't give you anything. We're not going to give you crap. We don't really like you like that. We have no Patreon for you to give us money uh, because we like to keep things pure and ethical. Uh, I don't know. That's all we got. That's all we got. Um, new show coming up soon. We have a big guest coming for Orlando City, our preview show. We're very, very excited about that. Uh, don't get your hopes up. It may fall through, as these things tend to do, but we should have a very good guest coming your way for our Orlando City 
preview. Um, again, of course, this will also be out, for those of you watching on the stream right now, this will be out on iTunes, Stitcher, or anything like that. Uh, in podcast, high, highly distributed audio discussions for as well. Uh, that'll wrap it up. 1-1 one, one draw here tonight. Not the result we wanted, but a decent result nonetheless. Five strikes. Moving on. It's Orlando Hate Week. Get ready. Get ready. Bye, y'all. Anytime I do, my love.